Hey, you're listening to Stir Crazy Podcast episode number 38. This is a verb pod and girl or guy, I just needed to do one uh, because (laughs) everything's fucking nuts. Happy Mars and retrograde, I guess. Uh, Those of us who are into the spiritual arts and such know what I'm talking about right now. Mars is in retrograde, and so if you're feeling even more like you want to beat somebody's ass, you know why now. And unfortunately, this, um, this transit, this trend in the universe will be with us until, you guessed it, the election. So, buckle up, buttercups. Uh, some good things about Mars in retrograde, in my opinion, is that, you know, you can use that fiery energy, Mars being the god of war, right? So, like, you can use that energy to, like, I don't know, fucking smash systems of oppression and patriarchy and fucking fascism and all that stuff. So, I'm hoping that within... people whose hearts are open in this world that this time of uncomfortable, angry, um, universal energy promotes you to go out there and fight. Um, Not just fight for yourself, fight for your country, fight for your fellow man, definitely fight for um, oppressed people, marginalized people. Right now, we are we are being incited into a space of into a space of you know you're seeing you're seeing a lot of people put their hands up in retreat. And to those people, I say, I understand where you're coming from. We're all, we're all exhausted, right? But in a sense, it's a point of privilege when you say that you're alive and you're alive to have that feeling of exhaustion and for that to be breathing air and to be alive isn't it your job as human beings to then think about those like people of color that have been murdered um, either by police brutality or by racist fuckwads I want to say meaner things but you know trying to get a following here but you know like bad fucking racist people bad fucking racist people um and if you're especially listening to this and you're white and you wake up every day and you turn on the TV or you read Twitter or you read the paper or whatnot and where all your conversations are centered around these these atrocious things um you know, it's quite a privilege to be like, oh my god, this is like so sad, but 
then carry on your day as if, A, there's nothing you can, in air quotes, do about it, and then also just kind of retreat. Although, you know, um, I am a firm believer in self-care. If you need to set a boundary, like from this time to this time or this day, I am just going to smoke a lot of pot and not fucking consume any media and except for like dumb reality-based television and all that stuff. I'm all for it, brothers and sisters, but right now is the time to fight. There's a lot of things you see and you don't see that are going on. Governmental, um, deeper webs that I won't get into because they're just... They either start to sound conspiratorial, although they're not. Like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. and I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying, like, things are simultaneously exactly what they they seem to you while also having a lot more to the story obscured, right? So if what we're seeing is overwhelming you, think about what the 100% story is. That's all I'll say. So, you know, right now is the time to fight. Use that Mars in retrograde, that fiery energy to, like, do one action a day if possible. I say to a lot of people, if not, um, at least one action a week. And by action, I mean do one thing that is not just improving yourself, but improving humanity. Um, in regards to the, electri- the election and stuff like that, are you making sure... You- Everybody in your social network is registered to vote. Are you registered to vote? That's an action. If you you know, make sure. Um, do you have a do you have a voting plan? Like, are you going to go uh, in person, or are you going to do absentee and send it in first thing you can when you get it after filling it out? Are you going to do absentee, but then go to the mandated drop-off points? Like, have a voting plan. So that's an action, right? You can, of course, there's a, obviously there's protests still going on in this country. Can you figure out the best direct mutual aid, um, thing to contribute to right now. For me, I would do something in Kentucky, in Louisville, you know, uh, bail, bail direct mutual aid funds and stuff like that for protesters there because, and I would be remiss if I did not speak about it, um, you know, the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor (sighs) nightmare. I mean, talk about no justice, no peace, like, The grand jury somehow, even though she was asleep in her bed, and these three officers, these fucking pieces of shit, came into 
her home and murdered her. And, you know, there's all this crap. She was about this and she was aiding and abetting that. And her boyfriend was that. Okay. So even if all of those things were true, right? Isn't there a process where you don't just, without warrants and stuff like that, you don't just shoot into a home and you don't bust down doors and you don't just like without saying hands up, blah, blah. I don't want to hear all the rationale, you know. Uh, Let's just fucking be honest. Kentucky is a racist state. The most unfortunate part of the whole situation, besides the death of Brianna, of course, is that the attorney general of the state of Kentucky is a black man. But a black man who's a Republican, which, you know, of course, no race or religion is a monolith. And I can't, I can't speak as to why he aligns himself with a party that has, you know, and <laughs> except for the time of Lincoln or whatever, you know, all the things that Republicans like to say have been pretty awful to people of color and oppress their ability to have socioeconomic successes and all that great stuff. So I don't know. I don't know why. Hey, Kat, you know what you're doing. Sorry, the cat's been really obsessed with flies and with thumbtacks which freaks the living shit out of me and it was refocusing so you know um I can't speak to why a black man would be a Republican but I do know that he spoke at the RNC and I don't know I just feel like my intuition feels as though we are being Gaslit and incited. Stop, cat. Stop. You better get. You better get. See, this is. No. Just gave her the spray bottle. So, anyways, don't you do that again. Don't you do that again. (laughs) Don't, uh, you're cute, but mm mm-mm. So anyways, uh, so, I don't know. I just think it's very interesting timing, right? We're in an election cycle. It's like 40-something days out. You know I'm skeptical of polling, but... The polls, by different margins, say that Joe Biden is winning. Obviously, our president is a sack of shit and doing the weirdest stuff possible. La, 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 la. Like, have it, I just, I just, hey, don't, sorry, the fucking cat. 
I just feel like, what if our president called his buddy the Attorney General of of Kentucky and was like, hey, friend, hey, black man, you know, I have black friends, I'm Donald Trump, the blacks love me, kind of shit. And what if he was like, I want you to, without any explanation of the findings of the grand jury and all this stuff, basically absolve those uh, those cops and give no justice really at all to the, the family of Breonna Taylor, right? Knowing that it would create a situation where, as we have seen, and rightfully so, people are going to be so fucking upset by that absol- uh, absolution of those officers. They, like, got... One of them got, like, some... some procedural kind of... uh violation of some sort but I mean come on so he knows that everyone's going to be pissed and he knows people are going to protest and whether it is anarchists whether it is rightful protesters it does not matter if violence happens and if property damage which you all are so upset about I know I know it's so bad right um if any of that goes down then Fox News and the president can go on their law and order shtick and he gets a win and we've seen a bump up every time these these actions have happened whether it be the bullshit in Portland which is a total op a lot of these things are ops but you know, so you see these things happen, and then he and Tucker Carlson, everybody's favorite little punchable white supremacist face, goes on their little things about, like, you need to go, you know, you need to go take care of this yourself. And then you got another, like, 17-year-old fascist bitch who's never fucked. So he's, like, you know, hormonal, and his mom drives him across state lines with an AR-15, I don't know how you get these things. I'm not into guns. And you, next thing you know, there's going to be killing of more activists and stuff like that. And then it's going to... But somehow, because Donald Trump is never one to... Uh, to turn away from any type of publicity. He's just going to be like, See... We need law and order. I'm your man. I'm not going to go any further on this, um, like I said, though. But look at the timeline. It's like... It's just too close to the election for for things to feel like coincidental. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe in coincidences very often. I believe in things illuminating themselves exactly when sometimes you least expect it. 
or sometimes when you need it. So just just keep that in mind. But again, a focus. Hey, cat, you are nuts. You're very, very pretty, but you are nuts. But uh, a refocus again. All of our love and solidarity to Breonna Taylor's family. Um, really, that's the most important thing right now. Um, do everything you can to support people of color right now. It is crazy. So switching gears a little bit, I in the last podcast we talked about the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and it just made me so sad but again talking about marginalized groups and majorities and and stuff like that here again our our great great country you know I remember in the RNC and I hear it a lot these Christian fascist people, like, not all Christians, obviously, but, but these, like, really, like, evangelical weird people, like, they talk about that people are trying to prevent them from, uh, their faith, which I think is just laughable, especially growing up as a Jewish person, um, have they ever, like, walked to, like, walked to the the front of their temple and seen swastikas all over because I have and so when I think of (laughs) I just find it laughable like a laughable talking point like oh yeah the oppressed the oppressed Christians right you guys are still the majority it's never gonna change and I don't care I mean I don't care what your religion is as long as you guys stop you guys meaning people that are like these like extreme Christian people that make everything about their Christianity and they think that a separation of church and state is a bad thing. I think it is a great thing. Um, anyhow, so my long-winded point. So RBG dies and of course you know, I'm on, I'm on our podcast Twitter, which at us, at Podster, and, you know, a lot of media people a few days ago were like, oh, this is, you know, such a big honor, Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be the first woman or something in history that's gonna lie in state, uh, you know, for her, because of her death. Now, (laughs) I made the dumb, dumb, um, no, I didn't. It's not dumb. I have the right to say whatever the fuck I want, and I got knowledge on my side. So I'm on this public Twitter. I have a private Twitter that I use to really get all my shit out. But then the public one, I'm trying to, you know, focus it on um, pod crazy stuff, but the world is a fucking shitstorm. So they're talking about this, and I just made a comment to Casey Hunt from MSNBC and NBC News saying, like, 
really like uh, I'm paraphrasing it's more I said basically her family's cool with this because according to the Jewish religion we are and the Muslim religion we are supposed to be put into the ground as soon as possible um, if you die on Shabbat or Sabbath, which she did, she died on Friday. So, and I had a grandparent that died on Shabbat, and so they were not buried until that Sunday. Um, there's rules about like you can push it a little bit to make time for as many congregants of your family and stuff to come to be able to memorialize the person but there's a there's you're supposed to bury a person as soon as you can you do not do open caskets and um Funerals are a really like on one hand just like a really pure basic like there's there's supposed to be a person of the Jewish faith that watches it's usually a rabbi or, or a, a yeah it's usually a rabbi or some some clergy type member of uh, your temple or a temple who stays like literally with the body until they're buried and praise you know over their spirit and and stuff like that until they're buried there we don't believe in embalming that's part of the reason why we tend to get people into earth we don't believe in cremation and you're just like buried in a really plain shroud and so I didn't give the whole litany of things like the list there like I gave you but I said like that's you know pretty big no no and man when I tell you I have my joke was I have never gotten so many responses um about from people with last names like Henderson telling me about what they googled about um a jewish proper burial right and so these people are just i read that in the jewish faith well i've been a jew for fucking 40 years and my grandfather leo was a fucking descendant of the Levite tribe, which is the high priest and he was a very religious man and he read torah for fucking um, Sephardic Jews that weren't allowed to practice their religion so I was raised very conservatively in terms of my religion I went to Hebrew school three days a week for my last year my my mentor year I'm not a reform now like I said the family obviously gave the body like the rights to the body to do this lying and stage thing and that's their prerogative I I I someone's like what does it you know mind your business let that family do what they want and honey her name was like D Brat seven five nine eight or whatevs. And I said, 
on that point, you're right. I am speaking just from a a traditional uh, standpoint. In my religion, that just doesn't go, right? And then, like I said, someone with the last name Henderson in her profile is like, so like a two two pager like a two two threader like so i read here that blah 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 and i just keep responding to these people thank you so much for this um engagement fact is i've still been a jew practicing for 40 years how are you going to T. Henderson, how are you going to tell me about my people's burials? Get fucked. Love Twitter, though. Love Twitter. Um, anyhow. So that, that was just, like, weird. Like, it really, and it was also weird how affected I was by it. Because here I am. Like I said, you meet me if you know me in real life. You wouldn't look at me and be like, what a fucking Jew bitch. You know? But, I I mean, I was raised conservatively, and I'm not anti-my faith at all. Um, I try to be as observant in in a certain regard. Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I would call myself a Jewish spiritualist at this point in my life which you know Kabbalah is a part of my religion although uh, technically as a woman I'm not supposed to um, practice Kabbalah but whatever I am what I am I have reverence and belief in my Jewish faith and then I also have some other belief systems that I integrate in my life and it serves me but I don't know. I just like was like she's not in, in my head. I'm like Ruth. I didn't see an open casket at, at least, so maybe at least they're putting her out there, and they. I hope they buried her like today or something, because tomorrow will be a week. That's that's kind of pushing it. And I watched parts of the um, the Supreme Court led funeral kind of thing at the Supreme Court yesterday and saw John Roberts talk about it. Let's talk about Ruth, you know, and, uh, you know, I was moved and she was shrouded, her casket was shrouded with the American flag again. Oh no, you're not really supposed to, we don't even put, um, we don't even put flowers. Like you might do it like a year later, but you actually, we put stones down on headstones for our for our ancestors that have passed. It's a really like uh, really um, clean kind of bare bones kind of like theory, you know, earth to earth kind of stuff. So I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't like hype. Well, first of all, I wish she was still here, and the whole Supreme Court thing is such a mess, but we'll stay away from that. Um, But, (laughs) 
I wish she was here still. We needed her. But also, I just, I was weirdly, like, like, conservatively, like, bummed out by the whole fucking RBG fanfic. Like, you know, like, that's the other thing about Twitter. You see, like, some trippy stuff, like, Chadwick Boseman probably welcomed, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to Heaven's Gate and blah blah and then there was like also some like bad jokes about Ruth Bader Ginsburg you know she was really good friends with Antonin Scalia who they had such different ideological differences but they were such good friends la 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 and there was some joke about when she got to heaven she asked God where's um Where's uh, Justice Scalia? And I mean, the joke intimates he's in hell. Oh, he's not here or something like that. So anyways, enough about that. Let's try to get pop culture It feels weird. I I feel like this is the longest time, except for, for reality TV, like, you know, famous people. First of all, famous people are saying the dumbest things uh somebody today uh that i follow on twitter a lot of talk about twitter today sorry this comic was like but he also says real like political stuff when that he's not joking about he's like you know what all these like famous people that are using their social media platform and telling you to wear a mask and and practice safe covid hygiene and stuff like that really what they're doing is they want this shit to be over because they want their production to be able to to go back full swing you know they're multimillionaires or they're if you're a, if you're a famous person who no longer creates art of any kind or you're just famous for being famous you're just bored and you want to go on all your vacations to places and you feel really isolated because there's not that many places you can go right and like boohoo and I know that some production on movies and television shows are starting with new protocols and stuff like that but let's face it even the ones that are getting started again like tv shows like how many storylines about covid do we want like we're living in this hell we use TV and movies to escape reality. I don't want to see that. Like, I saw the um, trailer for the upcoming season of Real Housewives of Orange County. And, you know, midway through their season filming, this shithole hellscape started. And so it most of the season is going to of course center around the new normal or whatever and I mean I'm gonna watch it right but like we don't want this and also like I'm just thinking about I don't I don't (laughs) I don't pretend to know like the ins and outs of the the movie or TV industry that would be uh, a good pod led by my friend Megan or uh, 
my friend Alexis, who's an actress or whatnot, but I mean, let's be real. Productions that are starting right now, how big are they? I mean, legally, they can't be that big. Even if you're testing everybody daily and and stuff like that, I'm sure there's like all sorts of crazy state regulations or yeah, like where are you filming? It's a shit show. So basically what this guy Tim Dillon was saying is that these people with their PSAs about like wear a mask, man, those battle cries are, are more about their own narcissism. It's like, let's get this thing over with because I want to go back to like being vapid and like this mask thing is like, you know inhibiting my 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 like sex symbolness and stuff like that um yeah so like my relationship to famous people definitely has changed during these last few months I think that COVID has exposed just kind of how much in inequality there's been especially in economics and it's just a more and more as I have gotten into my my studies and of theory and socialism and and you know talking more with like-minded people in actual DSA my DSA chapter and talking about, you know, capitalism and seeing, like, here we are during this, like, pandemic and there's a housing crisis in San Francisco and all over. And they are, you know, starting up evictions again. I know someone being evicted. He has, like, five more days or something like that. And he had, I, I mean, I can't even get into it. And it's not really my story to tell, but... You know, like, I think he's going to be legit homeless, homeless. Because how does he go and quarantine with people that have been isolated? You know, like, this is like the worst fucking time and you're going to be a ghoul and evict someone. It's, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty crap. But the more I do my, my DSA work... And, I mean, I've never been like, woo, capitalism. But I, like most of you, like, I spent a lot of my life being like, well, A, like, you know, let's, as I've talked about, like, I grew up on a wealthier end of the spectrum. And even though we weren't raised as wealthier people, like, my reality was my reality. Like, I didn't treat people differently that had less money than me but it was my reality and I and I saw that my parents worked hard especially my dad and I guess it just in my head like capitalism when I was younger maybe was like the the shitty like fucking American dream bag of goods were sold you work hard and that's that's the, you know, that's the payment for your labor. But I think being an artist, 
and working hard just as hard different ways than my dad but working my ass off in my creative fields doing a lot of unpaid internships because that's what like galleries and like shit like that they love to get as much work from you for either nothing in the creative arts or for as little as possible when you're starting out your career but I was busting my ass like doing especially there's one gallery I worked for I was doing archival work which that means taking all art that is coming into the gallery space and measuring and doing detailed detailed descriptions and photographing and then after you hand do all of that which is a lot of hours uh, say like a 12 hour work day except for your breaks and you know standing going over like pieces of art um and then a lot of computer entry you from there you you have to input it in a database uh excel you know spreadsheet and stuff like that so it's very precise and like think about um if you're working with a media like sculpture the the dimensions are different and it's really hard work and i was doing it and I loved doing it and that was a paid low wage but paid kind of internship but there was always a talk from the moment I interviewed I was like I would really like this internship to after the three months can we have a conversation about the work I've done and talk about making this a full-time position so I worked my ass off I also for um, our exhibitions and and shows and stuff like that uh, I was providing them I was doing the photography for the events for the opening days you know stuff like that I was working so hard I was I worked on this licensing agreement like licensing uh, deal with an artist and the infamous um, fashion house Comme des Garçons I helped the sales and marketing director with this this um, project this licensing deal and so right around the time that my internship was about to be up a position that I really wanted like basically the full-time position of what I had been doing with a few little other I forget what the exact title was but I was like thinking to myself the the fucking floodgates have opened like I've been already doing this I've gotten so much props from everybody in the gallery I got this right and when I saw that the job position 
had been posted, I sat down with the gallery director and I was like, I would love to be um, considered for this position. And because I guess I was, although I, I showed my um, total understanding of the position and that I could do the position very high level because of the fact that I was coming out of an internship and I was coming out of art school. She didn't even give me an interview. You know, you know, a few years. I'm like, I've shown my aptitude for this. I've been doing this for months, every day. My long-winded point is you can work your ass off, but the, the system of capitalism and the notion of hierarchies, even in a creative, creative, um, creative like industries, there is capitalism and there's a hierarchy that has a lot to do with like, it's like 50% cachet. You've got the, well, they, you know, got their masters in curatorial practices from CCA and you only have your BFA and blah, blah, you know, and fine art and none of that, you know, so there's stuff like that. And in the other business world, there's the people that, you know, the Yales and the Harvard and they have their MBAs and they get certain positions. And then there's people that have then there's the working class the people that make people their millions and trillions of dollars and tend to not have much wage growth over time but work their asses off and still can't really make a livable wage right so the disillusionment with the theory the American dream of you work hard, you get to be rich and successful. It's just more and more things just like in life, like getting older, you're like, actually, that's not true. And then if you're a woman or if you're a woman and a person of color or just a person of color, like forget about that. And there's people I know in certain industry spaces that don't even have their degrees and are high level which you know a few of them are people of color and they're like total exceptions to the rule but they make me so proud that they broke through through the bullshit system right but but more often than not that doesn't happen and it's like you you go into fucking like college debt because that's the other bag of goods, right? Like a part of the capitalism like structure is that you must have X education to do this kind of job. If you don't, you're going to end up working at, and I'm just using this as, as an example, I'm not diminishing people in these industries, you're going to end up working at McDonald's. Like, you know, like when you're a kid, like that was the cap down, right? 
when you find your disillusionment with capitalism, it's just really like it's it's kind of like having like a light go on. You're just like fuck. We have all been cons- like programmed to overwork ourselves so this small group of people can be exorbitantly wealthy, right? And we get no, we get no real substantial piece of it. But we did all the work. They're, they don't. Half of those CEOs are not in an office on a day to day basis, right? David Geffen's on a fucking yacht, trying to escape coronavirus after years of being an asshole to people. You hear all these stories, like, and all these um. Everyone's favorite, the like the Epstein stuff, like how many wealthy, wealthy people are involved in these awful acts. And you think to yourself, who made these people important for Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and all those people to fucking like blackmail Well. To be quite honest, it's the working class, right? Like, we made those people wealthy, or if they're dignitaries, we elected them into government, or whatnot. That's why people have the power, so power to the people. Like, you... It's really hard right now when everybody's fucking struggling, or should I say 75 to 85%. 90 maybe people are struggling or on unemployment to care about oh my god Lady Gaga was supposed to go on tour (laughs) but and she you know she has that great new album and Lady Gaga was supposed to go on tour but then COVID happened and just ruined everything John Legend and Chrissy Teigen are bored. They've decided, okay, now we're bored. First, we were making the best of it. Now we're bored. I'm sorry you're bored. I'm so sorry that you're bored. Guess what? I'm bored too. But me and my partner, like, we want to get married. Is that even going to... Like, that just... We, like, filled out a marriage license the other day. I don't think he even, like, put it in. Is it ever going to happen? Some days I don't even know anymore. So we want to get married. We wanted to get a bigger apartment. And then just recently some of, like, Mike's projects have not dried up. I don't like using that word, but like, you know, people are rescheduling things. The budget's not there. You, there's this constant, like, you know, negotiation about they want his work and rightfully so he's the best in my opinion. And not just cause I'm a, his partner in life, but, and also trying to integrate into business together. But Mike's amazing at what he does. 
He's an amazing videographer, filmmaker, and he's an amazing editor. They want his work, but they want it for like amounts that I would... I'm the Kate Mosses. I don't, or or Linda Evangelista. I don't get out of bed for less than X a day. You know, like, like respect. If you want the product, you got to respect the work. And Mike and I go back and forth all the time about that. And ultimately, I will always defer to him because the structure of this company. He started this company. He built up this company, so I can't. But I'm trying to build and grow and make him more money and make me more money and right now it's a it's but it's COVID I get it but they're calling you and they want this 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 and this don't call you then you know and then try to lowball like I think there is not a real respect for creative jobs like like you normies think that it's not the same as your fucking like oh so important marketing job or like hey rich people you know your fucking banking job fuck you we work really hard really fucking hard so you know I don't care about famous people at all my friends like did you hear that story I don't care the only people I do care about I guess are the ones in the reality the reality TV space because they are like my my reality exit but even then like this season of Real Housewives of New York so good Leah is a superstar Leah McSweeney um, who's somebody I used to date I know knew her through the sportswear space la 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 or knew of her or something anyhow um, you know but then like Real life just keeps poking it. Like, you see Ramona Singer, and I mean, everyone's talking shit about Dorinda this season and how drunk and awful she was. I don't know. I was more fucking pissed off by Sonia. Or, sorry, not Sonia. Ramona. And, you know, again, she's a Republican, and she's kind of, like, she tries to, like, straddle the fence. She's, like, kind of quiet about it, but she's not... And then she gets popped over the summer, maybe getting COVID from a Hamptons party that was way too big with Donald Trump Jr. and all this shit. So fuck her. And then she's like defensive and she says she's a girl's girl, but she's so fucking reverse misogynist. Sorry, I'm opening a snack. Such a reverse misogynist against Leah and kind of shitty on her because Leah's downtown New York as opposed to all of them being uptown, right? They're kind of like the last, like, 
stand of rich or famous people that I can I can ingest. I can watch sports um and I'm under no illusion that those people the majority of them are wealthy. But Hollywood stuff that I used to like yeah, I used to really consume a lot of that media, like Hollywood Life was like a daily read or even The Devil, TMZ, although I try really hard to never click on that, especially after the Kobe Bryant stuff. Um, Like, I don't care what Ellen Pompeo or... Is Calista Flockhart still famous? She's married to uh, Harrison Ford, right? I don't care what what some white famous person said about the death of Breonna Taylor. I really fucking wish Deborah Messing would go fall into a well with Alyssa Milano. Fuck them both. They are the weirdest, like, co-opters of black women's stories I've ever seen in activism circles. And then on top of that, they're, like, these Hollywood, like, names, like, yeah, Alyssa Milano, me too, right? Like, your fucking husband was a Harvey Weinstein, like, accessory at CAA. You're a fucking sham. You're so boring. Like, I'm I'm really more into, like, bloggers and not Perez Hilton bloggers or, like, people that are creatives but then also doing like I'm into podcasters because you know that's what I am I'm now one of them I'm a podcaster like I love sexy unique pod they stopped doing um well obviously there's no Vanderpump right now but they were doing this like real housewives of New Jersey kind of recap shows they got through this one season that they were focusing on and now they are doing pods that are half like commentary of the week that was like this week they talked about a really bad Stassi interview from Vanderpump Rules on Tamron Hall's daytime talk show and then they parlayed into talking about Rock of Love which I fucking love Rock of Love I rewatched it in the last six months on Tubi I would suggest that you do that as well. It is awesome. Brett Michaels is a hoot and all the I mean even better than Brett Michaels. Those those contestants those two seasons were amazing. Daisy that went on to have Daisy of Love. Like, I don't know. People that talk about things whether it be politically minded or yeah, podcasters like are my my famous people now. Like, I have a very, like, I have a pecking order of people I want to hear talk about things. I t- listen to Keep It every week. Ira Madison and Louis Vertel. Like, I don't even listen to the other crooked pods anymore, like, crooked media, like, those pods save the world and stuff like that, because it got to be so, like, Obama was the best person ever about everything, and no 
yeah, he droned the shit out of people, but it was with good intentions, kind of, like, it kind of became, like, Obama's legacy protection propaganda, and it stopped resonating with me so much. But Keep It, which is a part of their their umbrella of podcasts, I very much like. I sometimes listen to Hysteria, also under their umbrella, which is a feminist podcast, but sometimes it's just the... I, I like uh, Aaron Ryan a lot and Alyssa Master Monaco, who worked for Obama, who was like his like one of his chief of staffs or whatever, um, assistant to the blah, blah, blah. There's so many names. But then the others that they have on just don't do it for me, so I don't, I, I don't listen to them that often. Um, but I want to hear ideas. Like, I think I guess what COVID has done is I'm more interested in people talking. A, I think we need to talk more, but also different people, different talks. Uh, I, a new podcast I've, I've just started listening to and I really like is called Bad Faith and it has Virgil Texas who used to be on Chapo Trap House and I found him smart but kind of really too bro-y like coke bro-y on Chapo like I don't consume Chapo Trap House like very often um because they're just even though like a lot of our politics align they're such like New York hipster bros like Bernie diehards that are saying, you know, some of them are like, I'm not going to vote for anyone now that Bernie lost, which I, I think is not a smart thing. I've said that numerous times. I'm not a purist. Um, I'm voting for Joe and Kamala, even though they're fucking awful. And I hope they pull this off because if not, then I'm my finger. I'm just, mm, I have so many mean things I want to say to so many people like very specific things to people who said very specific things to me. You better hope they don't they don't lose. Cuz I am going to fucking empty this clip metaphorically if they do. Um, you know, so Bad Faith with Virgil Texas and Brianna Joy Gray, who was, um, one of Bernie Sanders, um, comms people who everyone seems to like getting into fights with her on, on Twitter, the aforementioned Twitter, right? So that's a good one. What else do I got? I, I, 